Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Well, Doug is out of town today. He is up uh, going to be doing a men's retreat up in Atlanta, and instead in his seat is my favorite guest, Anthony Johnson, who is my dad. Uh, he is a former uh, NFL athlete, a former NFL chaplain, and currently a biblical counseling counselor, right? Uh, you can find out more about him at AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com, or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. Again, at Acacia underscore counseling. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, just some counseling stuff here in the first 15 minutes or so. So if you have any questions about that, um, need any advice, anything like that, uh, give us a call. We would love to field those questions. That number again is one eight four four triple seven SWAT one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or again, like I said, you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Dad, what's going on today? You got it, man. Yeah. Good to be in here again with you. Yeah, had the whole spiel down. Um, what's been new with you? I know, what was it, this past week you were uh, a keynote speaker uh, for some counseling stuff I, I heard through the grapevine? Yeah, I don't know if I call it keynote but i was one of the speakers uh for sure back um in uh the kickoff conference for the uh school the program that uh, i graduated from a couple years ago so yeah how'd that come about that you were asked to come back and speak yeah i think um primarily they did a um little spotlight on me in their uh magazine i think it's back in december or so um yeah my wife took the pictures yes, for those she so, did. Yeah. yeah i think <laughs> i think that's got because of her uh, skills in photography, I got a little more uh, attention than what I normally <laughs> would have. Um, but, yeah, I think from there, then, uh, the, the founder of the Institute, uh, Dr. John Townsend, uh, invited me out to speak. And so was able to do that, spend some time with uh, the students who were just starting their program at their kickoff conference and shared for about uh, an hour with them. So it was, it was nice. Wow, a full hour. That's a good long uh yeah, so, well, now, was it, it, it all was broken down? A little oh, bit. okay, okay. So there was like question and answering uh-huh. type stuff. What what is uh, you know your portion of when you were given kind of your what, was it like fifteen thirty minutes that you had to talking? What what was the focus main thrust of that? Yeah, the main thrust was uh, it's about twenty five minutes. Um, just was being able to share uh, my experience really going through the program um, and really tie it to uh, the essence of the training which is based on character and those aspects of character, uh, really four uh, components of character, attachment, separation, integration, and adulthood. So I was able to share um, aspects of that based on my experience and being able to look back uh, with the uh, the equipping that I've gotten through the Institute, uh, look back at some of the, the key um, – parts of my life and uh, just give some perspective on that. So 
Um, so, so really just kind of showing them um, how I've been able to really be changed, shaped, transformed, molded by the program. Mm, that's pretty cool. And did, were they able to ask you questions? What kind mm-hmm. of questions did you get? Anything that was like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, some of them were. Um, most of them really had to do with, uh, I think, them getting a sense of, one, it, while they're in the program, you know, kind of what a, what perspectives should they have that they may not have at this point. Mm. Um, and then also, hey, what's it like, you know, on the other side? You know, how can you do this? Uh, how was it? Did You didn't get any questions about football or anything like that did you i did not no how I did not. okay how was that kind of you know i would imagine just about every time that you're interviewed or asked about something like people ask you about hey, what was it like playing in the nfl what was this what was that but how was it to be in a setting a professional setting and be asked not asked once about it but instead about your expertise in another area? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it, honestly. Um, I think because I'm so far removed from the game um, and and usually, you know, when I'm speaking to younger people, I was like, how much do you make? You know, like, well. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, but, but that, yeah, that was kind of cool. And I, I guess it's something that uh, even as you bring it to my attention now, I realize uh, just kind of, put those clothes on and they feel natural and comfortable. So it was, it was nice being able to provide, uh, like you say, some measure of expertise from a different uh, industry. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you've been a long time removed from football, but how was it, I guess, how, how long did the transition take, you know, just kind of getting off topic, I guess a little bit, but for you to not really think of yourself as a football player, not to think of yourself as an athlete, you know, and, and to, how long did that take to transition from that? Yeah, that's still in process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm old enough. As a matter of fact, I, I meet with uh, several uh, alumni players once a week. We get together for a little Bible study, and and we were talking about that this this past week, uh, yesterday, in fact. Um, just the 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 time that takes to continue to transition. In some ways, we still do because um, now some of this is just being old, <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, you get old and you think your your mind thinks your body can still do what it used to do. Oh. And you don't really, you don't realize it until you try it. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching my nieces yesterday, uh, you know, watching the girls. And uh, one of them did like this thing where they were laying on their stomach and then they brought their feet up over to like where their head was. And I was like, you know, when I was a kid, I could do that. Let me, let me try it again. And, oh, Felt my back crack. I was like, uh, "Yeah, wow, I can't, well, see, <laughs> I can't do that." That's the difference between me and you because they were over today to the house, and Sawyer showed me that, and I was like, mm, "I'm not even going to try that." <laughs> well, I'm still young and uh, dumb enough to think that I, I can still do it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, how much of that though that that feeling, uh, that identity, you know, kind of being attached to like an athlete? Because I didn't play in the NFL. We played in college, so I played. You know, 23 years of my life was spent doing sports and. So there's still that aspect of uh, athlete. I mean, even the way that I dress is like that. I dress like an athlete, and mm-hmm. you know, been trying to change that a little bit just because you know I'm an adult now. Got to dress like an adult, right? But as I'm in athletic attire right now. But uh, you know, how much of that kind of going back to your um, your counseling, uh, what you learned? How much of that is connected with uh, those four stages of what well, the first one, attachment, second one, uh, separation, yeah, and then. Uh, integration uh-huh. that would have been. And, then, and then adulthood so how much of that do you think is attached to 
or you know that feeling of you know I'm an athlete. That's what I do. Is attached to kind of that, those formative years. Yeah, I don't I don't know that you can really uh, separate them in some sense um, <clears throat> because because here I you know I'm 54 on my way to 55 and and it's still part of who I am, which is part of what or some of what I uh, was able to share uh, during that kickoff conference was how uh, a lot of what I experienced desired and achieved in athletics came from the attachment to my dad mm-hmm. um i think you, you know grandma used to tell me all the time and remind me uh the times when i was five and six years old and i'd be sitting on the couch on saturday morning watching you know football games with dad mm-hmm. and i remember those enough um and and as i look back at it especially going through the training and discerning some of the realities of that, I, I think, oh, wow, you know, uh, much of what I accomplished and did and, like I said, desired to do came from that connection that I had with dad, which is really, you know, as you know, my dad died when uh, when I was only six years old and he was only 34, very young. But um, of all the things that I remember, that's kind of the only one. Yeah, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I'd hear stories like that. And, you know, I had an uncle who died in his 30s and I thought, that's old and i'm gonna be 33 this year so i'm like oh maybe not so old <laughs> you know that's that's is uh pretty young but so in in a way that loss of him the sports was a way to kind of connect back to that right yeah and, and the power of that is um literally it's not been really in, in that specifically um till the last year or so that it really clarified in my mm-hmm. mind so all of that was implicit like i wasn't consciously thinking well, i'm gonna go play uh you know football for notre dame and then in the nfl because i'm realizing this attachment with dad mm. it was just it was written in there it was kind of imprinted mm. and came out mm. yeah and so he well he was a baseball player a little bit though right mm-hmm. so how did i know a little bit uh how did it transitioned because at first you were into baseball and that, so you think that even more so that's even clearer that that was the path you were going. How did the transition happen though to be like, yeah, maybe baseball is not for me. Yeah. Another aspect of really, um, attachment, a character issue. Um, I just, I I had a coach one year who just was, I mean, he was just over the top, um, you know, unfair, honestly. Um, and, and I just really soured on it at the time I was playing uh, soccer and baseball and some of the things that he said that he would allow me to do, trying to uh, do both schedules, he you know, reneged on and hmm. and just really left a sour taste in my mouth. But, yeah, until then, I would have I would have thought, hey, I'm, I'm playing baseball. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting how, you know, that initial attachment was developed but then, you know, further refined through other connections and then other connections with, uh, you know, who – you know, coach fatherly figures, right, and how impactful that is uh, on your life. You, you know what I mean? And I think in, in so many ways that that happens throughout our lives that some are, you know, seminal to where we remember them, but there's probably so many others that, you know, aren't really thought on. I know another big one for you is uh, your adopted then father was a huge Notre Dame fan, and that was big into why you decided to go there over some of the other schools that you wanted to go to, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that had an impact, and again, that was that was also implicit too, because consciously I was on my way to Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> and then Notre Dame offered me a scholarship, kind of you know, at the eleventh hour. But 
Yeah, very much so, especially looking back and seeing how those close connections really impact and shape you. Hmm. All right, well, we're going to pick it up there when we get back. i uh, got a few questions kind of going off of that that have come into my mind. So stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without All right, that was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. I've been on this program for two years, and that and Chainbreaker still, whenever I hear them, I'm like, oh, which one was that? Because Chainbreaker is in the Freedom Hymn you know, parts. I, I always forget, but I'm pretty sure that was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. If you are just joining us, Doug is out of the studio today. He is up in Atlanta uh, leading a men's retreat. Instead, in his seat, I have Anthony Johnson, who happens to be my father, favorite guest to have, uh, repeat guest now, been on, what, five, six times maybe? Probably, yeah. Yeah, you can find out more about him. He is a uh, former NFL athlete, former NFL chaplain, and is currently a biblical counseling counselor. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about his work, you can go to acaciagrowthcounseling.com. That is Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, growthcounseling.com, or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. Again, that's at Acacia underscore counseling. He was a psychology major in college, went and got his master's in biblical counseling, and uh, obviously never learned anything about marketing because (laughs) I don't think anyone knows how to spell Acacia, but I spelled it out for you a couple times now, so go find it. (laughs) Um, anyway, we were talking a little bit just kind of about his counseling career, kind of what he's learned uh, lately, kind of some of the opportunities he's had going through that. But uh, kind of towards the end of the break, we were talking a little bit about the role of fathers. And, you know, I think that's probably a reoccurring thing that we talk about when you come on just in general. Uh, but we're talking about the impact of how fathers and then uh, men in general who are in a fatherly figure have on a person's life. Uh, my dad was sharing a few ways that he was impacted in that. And, you know, that got me to thinking about, you know, I'm going to be a father to a son here uh, in August, which 
you know, it's different, obviously, than being a father to a daughter, which I already am and love that. But what are some things that I should be thinking about going into uh, raising a son as opposed to raising daughters? Not just like, hey, they're more interactive or they're more uh, energetic, uh, mostly, you know, kind of stereotypically, if you want to put it that way, uh, more rambunctious and stuff. But what are, what are some key details you think that is important to delineate between the two? That's a great question, and I don't, I don't know where we could stop in in terms of just talking about that. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited for you to have a son. Yeah. I really am because um, I mean, the, just to, and I say that uh, so most of you listening have no idea, but uh, the, Taylor is the proudest dad <laughs> of a daughter I think I've ever seen. I mean, it it really touches my heart to see how you just love on her and champion her in the way that you send out pictures and texts <laughs> and all that. And so, and, and at the same time, I know your passion for manhood and for, um, you know, e- even now still you acquiring things, uh, in your manhood. And so to, to see that passion aimed at your son, uh, that's, that's going to be special, I think. Um, and so, the thing that I would say, um, and most of the things that I talk about or even help uh, clients with uh, when I recognize attachment issues, especially in regard to dad, um, uh, honestly, I kind of come from them from the standpoint of things that I feel like I missed mm. uh, more than anything. And that maybe that's kind of how most of us are. I don't know. But um, so, and yet, even with the passion I see you have for your children and, and I know you'll have for your son, um, to be very conscious of as much as you can be uh, on, on just being with them, being present mm. with them. Because, um, again, you're, you're so, um, so much better focused, I think, on your uh, parenthood as, as father to your kids um, than I was. Um, but even then, I think we can maybe get lost in uh trying to you know get them somewhere maybe too quick or Mm -hmm. um you know focus on the structure or the plan as opposed to the person and the heart and so yeah even you know trying to make them you know a little you right and not realize that that's not where their heart's at and you know i think you know going back to sports seeing so many dads like that right you know and um you know i think there's there's something to be said about teaching your son a trade you know, and, and so for some people, maybe that is is sports, but y- there is a sense of which you get guys who they didn't make it where they wanted to go, and they're they're living vicariously through their son, and they're they're doing a lot of damage um, through that. Now, that was not that was something I learned from you to not be because you you were never that way. It was always, hey, I got this knowledge. You know, come, you know, if you want to learn, you know, I'm I'm here, and you know, I think there's a, some ways where you would go back and say, yeah, maybe I was a little too uh, standoffish, you know, in that regard, but, you know, there's obviously a fine balance, but I, I, it, I it's hard to say it's, I would say it's worse to crush your, your son, your son or your daughter, uh, by imprinting too much onto them about who you want to be or who you want them to be than to maybe be, uh, a little bit too reserved. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, you said it right. It's such a fine line and I'm sure there's a lot of dads out there who are intent and intentional about being father to their children. 
who recognize uh, the the difficulty in that because because yeah you can crush them and I was so again I look back on it, I think eh, maybe I should have been a little bit more but I was so sensitive to not crushing not putting that weight hey you got to be like me actually you got to be better than me um, on on you guys. Um, but at the same time, you know, then the other side of that is you don't want them to feel abandoned in mm-hmm. their pursuits and passions. And sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I could have done that better. And so, um, and yet at, at the same time, I think we all wrestle, we're going to all wrestle with that because none of us are going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, I've been, I, I've been thinking about that a little bit. You know, you said that about putting the pressure on, I think just particularly with us boys, you know, that, that you've had like who you were as a person and what you were able to accomplish, that pressure was going to be there you know, regardless, but, um, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. And what I've come to realize is, you know, really what you were offering, you know, when, when I was coming up that I didn't see it then was a trade. Right. And how, cause I've been thinking about how important that is to pass that down, you know, something to be able to do, to make your way in the world to your kids. And if they don't want that eventually, well, Hey, you know, that's good. At least you, you, you taught them something, but you usually are hopefully instead of looking at it as a vehicle, this is who you have to be is how to teach, you know, hard work, how to teach discipline, how to teach perseverance and overcoming and, and things like that. And, you know, I think uh, to my cousin, uh, his dad, you know, great businessman and at like 12 years old, had him out working. And, you know, when I'd go visit in the, the summer, I, if I wanted to hang out, you know, I had to go work with him. And I know that he did not like that when he was a kid, but look at what he's doing now. He's he's doing that job, and not only is he doing it, he, he's doing it because he loves it. You know, he he took some time, went away from it, and ended up coming back to it. And you know, I, I think there's something so valuable, especially in the world that we're in now, to be able to say, "Hey, here's that." That's a that's almost a gift, right? And you know, and like I said, I you know, looking at you know football for particularly between us, like that's really I missed that. That's what that was, and I don't think you ever thought of it that way, but. You know, I I had so many things going on uh, that I never was able to kind of get what I wanted out of out of the sport. But to realize, hey, I was being mentored, I was being uh, initiated, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't accomplish what I wanted to. But what I got out of sports in general was that hard work, that discipline, uh, that how to overcome, how to persevere. So, you know, I think that's something important for for fathers if. Maybe if you didn't make it where you wanted to, if you're going to, if your kid is interested in sports, don't look at it as an opportunity of, okay, you're going to be a pro athlete. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. But, hey, this is how I'm going to teach you discipline. And then if your kid, you know, wants to play play the piano, you can teach them the same things, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. And, and, and again, that's why I'm excited for you because I think you have more of a grasp and a passion for, um, for that, for your kids than I was aware of at the time. Um, you know, the neat thing about, uh, fatherhood and, and hopefully intentional fatherhood is that, you know, uh, so we're going to transmit something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to imprint them and the good that we imprint is going to be transmitted to them and it's going to impact them and shape them and mold them. Yes. The, the bad things that will as well. Um, but, but again, sometimes we can, and I'm guilty of this as anybody, we can be too focused on some of those negative things or those misses. And, you know, so it's, it's rewarding to hear you say, you know, some of the things that you gleaned and held on to, 
that are yours, you know, that you hold them because I know I had an impact in that. And so that that's rewarding. But to be, again, if I could go back, I, I wish I could be more focused on while we're doing those things, the structure of them and all those wonderful uh, skills that we're implementing, to be more focused on the presence, being present mm. with you and just embracing that and loving that and enjoying that. Um, cause then it's not about the results, you know, it's about the relationship, you know, it's not about what you accomplish and whether you accomplish it or not. It's, it's really about connecting with the heart and that, that those attachment aspects that go, go way deeper than the external skills and to do's. And I think, you know, you, you, you say that about, oh man, you wish you had been more intentional, but I don't think you realize like, you know, for me and for Gabe and stuff like that was that the relational aspect of that, I think like, you know, me and him look back and miss like the stuff that we hated at the time, like going out and running two hundreds. Right. But I look back on that now fondly, you know what I mean? Like, man, I wish I could, I wish I could do that, you know, for a career. Like I wish I could, cause I actually, wow, I love that. And I was uh, doing a lot in that. So, you know, I think there's that aspect that, you know, you, you can never be perfect and your kids are always going to have things that they feel shortcomings, you know, coming out. But kind of what you said earlier about, um, you know, in your counseling kind of thing, realizing things you missed and counseling along that way, uh, you know, that's I, I feel that way as well. And I think that's almost part of God, you know, working all things together for his good is to take that good that you were able to impart to your kids, but also him using, you know, kind of what you maybe missed as a catalyst to, push your kids on through the yeah, world. So, so that's a, that you bring up a, a great point because that is ultimately the, the glue that cements whatever happens in this attachment character. Um, and that is the ability to rupture and repair mm-hmm. without that. The bond does not get as strong. I mean, it's like w- once you rupture, but then you're appropriately repairing it's like you're, you know, you applying the gorilla glue at that point. You mm-hmm. know, it's really this uh, cemented attachment. That's a good point. Yeah, I want to pick it up there because I, I do have a few questions uh, just kind of with some of the things that I've been reading lately that kind of tie into that. And I'd be interested to get your take. Um, we are up against the news break, though, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was All My Hope by David Crowder. If you are just joining us, Doug is out of the studio today. He is up in Atlanta. Um, 
He is leading a men's retreat up there. Um, so pray for his safety as he travels and also uh, that the retreat goes well. Um, but instead, in his chair, I have Anthony Johnson, my father, in uh, the studio. So happy to have him in. He's my favorite guest, I will say, without any sort of uh, shame. And uh, he is a former NFL athlete, a former NFL chaplain, and is currently a biblical counseling counselor. If you would like to learn more about his practice and uh, what he does, you can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. That is at Acacia underscore counseling. Now, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, um, well, kind of what we've been, it's kind of a through line talking about um, attachment, uh, What's the second one? I keep. I want to say separation. detachment, Sep- not detachment. Separation, integration, and then adulthood, and kind of talking about that in, in the context of father-son relationships and stuff like that. And it got me thinking. I've been reading a few different books. I kind of have in the past few years started to read multiple books at the same time. Just and it, it so happens that they kind of coincide in this one. And one of them is uh, called the map. The map. Excuse me. I don't. Have you heard of it? It's a Christian book. It's a it's a guy he talks about um G, the kind of the the story of masculinity that is kind of laid out in the book of Matthew and Jesus is uh moving from uh, I I won't don't remember all the stuff but basically oh it was submission to strength to service or to sacrifice instead of service excuse me and it was talking really kind of dovetailed with another book that I'm reading talking about the masculine journey is it's called uh, the Church Impotent. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Uh, Leon Potels. Uh, you can actually find that one free online. So, uh, but he was talking about kind of. They're both talking about the you know the masculine journey, and they talked uh, in, a, in a few ways that a big part of the masculine journey is moving away from the quote unquote feminine uh, kind of traits that are considered to be more feminine traits and like softness and things like that, um, and then being able to after you've gone broken away that strength then to come back and use that strength uh in service or in sacrifice and and kind of what you're talking about what you were laying out about attachment and then separation and then integration like though that that masculine journey kind of maps onto that as well and so i just wondered how those that hits you and kind of how that hits you in relation to the manhood yeah, that's something that um, I'd love to spend a little bit more time really studying and researching. Um, there's there's enough work uh, that's been done on it. Um, that that is um, specifically the 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 need um, for the father's mm-hmm. role to be to, to as you said, I think you use this phrase to kind of break in uh, yeah. in a, in an appropriate way and in an appropriate time. Um, so attachment as an example, um, you know, it, it is, we all, we all see it and we all appreciate it. I think, I hope, um, the relationship between a mom and her newborn child, uh, it's, it's, it's special. It is neat. I mean, in, in so many ways, uh, research has shown that the, the child and the mom to some extent, uh, see themselves as one, mm-hmm. like they're that connected and, and um, and that's healthy uh, to a point, right? Up to a certain point, it's healthy for the child to be connected and to receive not only physical nutrients but relational nutrients from mom and only mom. 
but at an appropriate time, um, i.e., the the in in the input of separation comes when the child begins to see himself or herself uh, as themselves, unique and distinct. Um, it's around that time that it's just as pertinent for the father, for the man, to interject, to uh, interact uh, in in appropriate ways with the child, both male and female. Both male and yeah. female, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a there's a uniqueness and a connection, obviously, that's inherent and um, and special between a, a a daughter and her mom. Um, going forward, that'll be always there in a different way uh, than the son to mom as long as and especially as dad appropriately intervenes. Um, so it, it'll impact the daughter in a different way than it'll impact the son. The, the son, it'll adhere, begin to adhere him more to his likeness in, in the father and in the dad. Um, to the daughter, it'll begin to um, put men on her radar and, you know, in an appropriate way to attach or connect with, um, again, at the proper time for her down the road. But without those, then they then the child stays too enmeshed to the mom, uh, to the primary attachment, either doesn't learn to separate or doesn't learn to appropriately attach to um, dad and therefore sees themselves um, in an unhealthy way or an incomplete way. And that's simplifying it big time. But Yeah, and, you know, from what I've read a little bit about it is, like, for a, 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 a baby girl, right, as they grow and they mature, they realize, hey, me and mom aren't the same person. I'm different from mom. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, you know, there's the same, uh, I guess, you're, you're the same gender, right? So the same uh, substance, same essence kind of thing. And so for the for the baby boy, there's another break that has to be made. Not only I'm not the same as mom, uh, I'm not the same person as mom, I'm a different kind of person as well. And then there's a break that you have to make further from that, and that's that break from the feminine. And if that doesn't happen, like if a dad doesn't step in or or a man doesn't step in to do that, there's a lot of times, you know, there's the devouring mother motif that's that's everywhere and that's common, and you see a bunch of people that overprotect a mom. And for a boy, that's detrimental. And what if a, if a man doesn't come in and break that? Um, you know that that can go wrong in a whole bunch of ways. You know there can be you know resentment that lasts for a long time, or it, you know breaks the other way and is complete you know misogynist or, or something like that. Um, and then you know for the daughter. Uh, again, it's different. It's not that, oh, what am I as far as kind, but it's how do I relate to the opposite opposite sex? And if there's not a, a father present that, uh, you know, attaches appropriately, attaches well, they're going to go off looking for that attachment in another way. In fact, I can't remember where I saw this, but the, the likelihood of, uh, of, a, of a young girl, whether you're Christian or not, engaging in extramarital uh sexual activity uh is there's a direct correlation between how they were how they attached with their father mm-hmm. um and so if it's inappropriate obviously they're going to be looking for that type of attachment somewhere else and if it's a good healthy one then they're more likely to wait till marriage you know so that's just the importance of father in both um 
male and female relationships growing up, you know, and that, I think statistically that's bared out in society in so many ways. And, and if you look at how the lack of two parent households uh, in society, you know, particularly, you know, you and I are part of the black community in the black community, but also in this, in the community at large. And I, I think that's where we're at now. There's a dir- direct correlation there mm-hmm. that's bigger and, and most people would like to admit, and I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just just a clarification, um, because um, it, it's it's an appropriate way to describe it when you when you say that uh, the the father, the dad, at an appropriate time needs to break into that relationship. Um, you know, just being sensitive to the reality, I think that a lot of times we'll hear that we as men can hear that and have different ideas and connotations mm-hmm. of what that'll look like. Um, you know, it, it, again, particularly at a young age, you know, that, that's, that's not the, you know, proverbial, you know, uh, just big, loud manhood. I'm breaking in mm-hmm. to this relationship. No, it's, it's finding the, and honestly, um, it's finding the, it, the gentle ways that are firm and decidedly masculine. Um, and, and, and that may be difficult for many of us because, you know, it's tough for us sometimes as men uh, to be gentle and to know what that really looks like. Um, but it is appropriate for manhood and strong masculinity to have a tender part and be able to engage in a tender way. And so as a, as a, for a young child, that, that needs to be a, a focus, um, Again, just distinct from, hey, I'm busting in, I'm breaking things up. Yeah, yeah, and you know, that that's that's an important point because it's, the father doesn't like break in and say, okay, I'm gonna teach you how to be a man when you're 13, and maybe or need that, you know, um, uh, I guess that initiation that's a little bit more uh, rigorous, right? You you come in at a much younger age, and you know, there's rough and tumble play that's necessary for children, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's in that. that loving condition right and it's not like okay mom time to get out of the way it's like hey it's okay if they climb up on there you know we'll we'll watch them but don't go bring them rush them down real quick and and i think a a perfect encapsulation of maybe what that looks like comes from um uh john eldridge's book um way of the wild heart the the second one which you know theologically don't want to get into you know where he might err but he called it the beloved son the beloved son right um and i think that's like a perfect picture because i think everyone in their mind has the stereotype of what that should look like is the perfect picture of what the father's role is in that moment in the child's life yeah and and, and just take it back to the way that god created the the family to be and the parental structure it's not good for man to be alone Mm -hmm. okay and that means in all aspects not only for his him and for her but also for how they lead the family that this is something that I'm doing, we are doing mm-hmm. together. I'm, I'm the head, I'm leading, but I need my helper. And so there never can be, or there shouldn't really be a sense where, okay, now it's my turn. I'm, um, you know, we're doing this together and I can, I can learn, connect with, um, coordinate with you as we do this. Um, that is the healthiest approach that, that mom not only is, um, part of and in in uh in initiative or integrative in the attachment but she's connecting with allowing dad 
to do this in a healthy way. Yeah, because if there's conflict and, you know, kind of what that looks like to raise a child, that's going to cause a whole lot of issues uh, there in and of itself. All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more in just a moment. So stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. All right, that is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Doug is out of the studio today. He is up in Atlanta, or making his way up to Atlanta, going to be uh, involved with a men's retreat up there over the weekend, so make sure that you keep him in your prayers. Instead, in his chair, I have Anthony Johnson, who is my father. He is in today. Always love to have him in. It's a great discussion, always fun. Uh, if you'd like to know more about him, you can follow him. I should say, did I say I've said it so many times today. He is a biblical counseling counselor. If you'd like to learn more about what he does in his practice, you can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That is Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. And you can also follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. Again, at Acacia underscore counseling. Just before the break, we were talking about the necessity of a father breaking in um, and being obviously being a part of uh, raising his children, both male and female, but also talking about the way to do it. Cause there's an appropriate way to do it. And there's a inappropriate way uh, to do that. And to really realizing what kids need at that moment. And, you know, there, there are some serious pitfalls that are um, uh, possible, right? Um, we talked a little bit about if a father doesn't attach um, appropriately, with, appropriately with his daughter, if there's no male influence for, a young girl growing up that she'll more likely to engage in uh, extramarital activities um, and, you know, more likely to struggle that way and look for that in her attachment to, um, to men. But there's also um, trouble if a father is absent or he comes in too harshly um, for, for a son to develop some attachments that um, aren't, I guess what you'd say natural and biblical, and that's outlined in a book that actually is gained. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I know you've read it 
uh, gained a lot of controversy. So, um, but just interesting to note that like that, how in, in, integral it is for the father to step in, but to step in in the right way as well. Yeah, without question. Um, you know, and, and I was appreciate you saying that because it isn't just uh, the impact that all um, the lack of um, appropriate interaction um, will be for the for the daughter, but also for the son as well, um, in terms of how they express their sexuality and, and not just sexuality, but, uh, sexuality is such, um, is such, um, it, I mean, it, it is really, it goes to the core of who we are, uh, how we connect and engage physically, uh, is a, is a specific and an, an obvious really, uh, picture of how we have either been connected with or are connecting with others. It's um, an outgrowth, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and cause, and again, that, you know, that's the core of, of our training, um, which really comes from the word of God that, uh, you know, life is lived inside out. And so the things that are inside in the spirit and the soul are going to be played out in the body. And so, you know, we really, uh, some people will have a hard time, I think, looking at this. When we look at the, look in the mirror, if you will, and see some of the things that we do and the behaviors and the, some, sometimes the struggles that we have, um, they give us an idea of what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. And those things that are inside are played out on the outside. And so, yeah, uh, if, uh, if a young person is not able to appropriately connect with mom or dad um, but especially in in our context with dad there's going to be some aberrant outgrowth outgrowth of that you know you mentioned there about i guess you know what's on the inside being you know obviously lived out right which is like you said a biblical principle how much though uh, because i wonder you know there's can be a sense of navel gazing almost that you get to to where it's like oh why am i doing this and instead of just focusing on you know acting you know appropriately how the bible um dictates and and then gazing inward and then never doing anything what, what's the the balance to be struck there and how, how do you navigate that or find that out if you're if you're curious yeah well well there's i guess um there's a human perspective way to that I would speak to that. Um, and, and that is, uh, really, uh, well, I'll say it cause it's, uh, I'll magnify my ministry. If you will. <laughs> um, it's counseling uh, and it, and it doesn't have to be necessarily professional counseling, um, therapy in therapy. Um, but to have someone else be able to, uh, walk with you in your life where you can talk, to them openly, vulnerably about things that are going on in your life um, and hear and receive what they have to tell you. Um, we, we all need that because otherwise um, what we do and how we do it um, is from our own perspective and we'll have a, we'll naturally tend to, um, you know, to sway it in our favor, if you will. But if there's someone that you can be authentic with and real with who can, who can talk to you with objective or at least some objective uh, perspective, um, then, then you can get an idea of, okay, what are these behaviors that I'm seeing? What are they really saying? What's really going on? And without that, we're, we're kind of stuck 
to ourselves. Um, we're mm. stuck in our own pride, our own perspective, our own selfishness. Um, and we can, we can be, there's a, there's a healthy narcissism, but that'll take us uh, across that threshold into some unhealthy narcissism. Mm. You know, what you mentioned there about, uh, uh, um, you know, someone to, you know, be there, you know, kind of walk alongside you. That, that to me paints the picture of mentorship or discipleship, you know, kind of from a biblical perspective and how important that is, you know, not only to have somebody, you know, to talk to, but living life with how, how impactful that is to, if you can, as you're walking through life, have somebody who fulfills that function and, you know, not everybody's going to be able to find that. And, you know, so there's ways and especially in this broken society and, you know, fatherlessness and stuff like that, where you got to kind of know, how to go and where to go to kind of get some of those things. But um, just talking about, or to me, just kind of thinking of that, that I guess, biblical model of, you know, fatherhood, discipleship, mentorship, and how impactful that is and how that keeps you from some of that navel-gazing because Mm -hmm. that person is going through life with you. So you're still moving through life. You're not stopped to just kind of look inward. Yeah, and you, you said so many good things in, in what you just said. Um, you know, the the father-son, uh, the father-daughter relationship is to is the first part of discipleship. I mean, it, it is discipleship, um, but it gives us, uh, I think you mentioned the, the book, the MAPS book, or, mm-hmm. you know, the first aspect, wasn't it? Submission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the first thing that a person, there's no way, there's no way that we can uh change, be transformed, learn, grow without first submitting, knowing what it's like to place myself under someone else, to follow them, to accept, to receive, um, to trust. And that that is inherent in the, the parent-child relationship right from the start. But it's to move from there, um, right? Or God says that a man should leave his father mm-hmm. and mother and cling to his wife and now now obviously specifically that's referring to marriage but the principle is broader than that as well for those who aren't married that means you find someone to uh, to connect with to attach to 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 join in life with to fellowship uh, that's healthy and then in that process you begin to get appropriate counseling if you will connection with others who can who can you know keep you accountable, but also who can just walk with, walk with you in life. Uh, that's, it's really important. Yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned that there about submission and I think, you know, especially, you know, a lot of guys struggle with that. I think it's easy when you're a child, right. And then, but if let's say there's things you want to learn, I think that's why a lot of people don't grow, you know, moving forward because you have to, if you're a novice in something, you have to submit to someone else's, um, uh, I guess rule, if you will, to learn from them. And it, if you don't do that submission, you can never move to that next stage, which is strength, right? And so, like, if I don't submit, you know, to learn jujitsu or something like that, and, and just a undisciplined, I'll never learn how to do it and be be well in it. And then, therefore, I'll never be able to serve or sacrifice for someone else. And I think a lot of people, uh, just in the church in general, I, I think that just is all about submission. There's nothing about, especially for, I think that's why there's not many men, men are leaving the church at a higher rate than women, um, is there's nothing about, hey, you're submitting in order to be strong, in order to then sacrifice for others. And I, I, I just, for, I know for in my life, that was a big 
factor that pushed me away from church for a long time mm-hmm. until I started to find out more about what the Christian life really entails. Yeah, that's really important to grasp and to identify. Um, and, and I think it kind of roots in, at least from my perspective, it roots in a misunderstanding of what submission is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really have, I, I'm confessing really, I, I, and I didn't really know, I thought submission was just somebody who was over me and I had to do whatever they, I was their slave, mm-hmm. basically. That's not what submission is. The biblical picture, um, well, the definition of submission is someone who is of equal value with someone else, but willingly or for whatever purpose places themselves underneath the other one. They never lose the dignity of who they are, uh, including their strengths and skills and whatever they have to bring to the table, but they place themselves under. Um, Submission has always been this dirty word uh, in marriage and in other places as well. Um, that said, uh, I got to be somebody else's slave. Well, not necessarily. Um, you know, that again, the idea is to place yourself under for a purpose. And, uh, I think when, when, for me, when I've embraced that, it connects to, again, those character structures, which the last one being adulthood. And that's one of the core tenets of adulthood is the ability to mutually, uh, submit to be able to, you know, hear a, a boss tell you to do something to to do it, but to, not to the point where you lose yourself and aren't able to bring yourself to it. So, just um, just misunderstandings there, I think, have really hurt us in regard to how we engage. Yeah, and I want to tie that back. We only got a few seconds, but you talked about at one point about the rupture and then the repair. Um, and kind of in context with submission as an adult, that seems to me to be uh, there's something to that about how you can still grow and learn and not have to put yourself back into a place where you're, you know, an infantile, um, which unfortunately we're not going to have time to delve into further. A lot of things I would love to talk to you about, but that's all the time we got for the week. You've been listening to SWAT radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the app store. Join us weekdays at three o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend and a great spring break. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual